Hello, and welcome to The Bread of Life with Pastor Rudy Mosley Jr., Senior Pastor of Bread of Life International Worship Center, where souls are saved, hearts are healed, and people are made whole. And now, here's Pastor Mosley. We fear the death of a job. We fear the death of, of a family member. We fear the death of, of our kids. We fear the death of, um, you know, a business. We fear the death of a ministry. And what God wants you to know this morning is that be anxious for nothing, not even death. How do I get to the place where I'm not anxious because of something that has the potential to die? How do I get to the place mentally? I want to tell you now, glory to God. When purpose is fulfilled, death is welcomed. Jesus, God's not interested in length of life. He's interested in a life that's lived on purpose. So Jesus, he said, I lay my life down willingly. No one takes it from me. I willingly lay it down. For this purpose was I born. Paul, I fought the good fight. I've ran my race. I've finished my course. I've poured my life out as a drink offering. There is therefore now laid up for me a crown of life. I am ready to die. Hallelujah. Ready to die. Why? Because I know who I lived for. I know why I lived. This sickness will not end in death. And some of you have loved ones that, that might be sick right now. The, the thing that's more important than anything else in this moment, glory to God, is for them to put their faith, hope, and trust in Jesus. Because either he's going to heal them on this side or he's going to heal them on the other side. This sickness doesn't end in death. Glory to God. Hallelujah! That's why he says be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. What we should be focused on more than anything else more than anything else, is seeking first the kingdom and its righteousness, knowing that all these things will be given to us as well. Even though Jesus performed this miracle for Lazarus, Mary still had to live on purpose. Martha had to still live on purpose. Lazarus had to still live on purpose. They still had to discover their destiny for their lives and live for God. Hallelujah. Glory be to his name. We must live to complete our purpose and live to leave a legacy. I'm going to give you some points right now in terms of how was Jesus able? When, when, when Martha said, I know you could ask for anything and it'll be given to you. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. You could ask for anything and it'll be given to you. How was, how was Jesus able to walk in that level of power and level of authority? Because with submission comes authority. When you're submitted to authority, you then have power with that authority. And Jesus was submitted to his father. Therefore, he could have whatever he asked for in this earth. It is important for you to hear what I'm going to say for the next few moments. If you haven't shared this on your page, you need to share it on your page. If you haven't um, sent it to somebody, um, sent it in messenger, you need to send it to them. You need to start a watch party on your page as well so people could hear and understand, especially during the season that we're living in, the season of COVID-19. It's not to live in fear, it's to live in faith. It's to know exactly what should I be focusing my attention on during this season. Death is inevitable, but how do I get prepared for it? 
How do I live a life in such a way that I don't fear dying? How, how you live your life in such a way that you don't fear dying is that you live your life on purpose. How do you discover purpose? How do you apply this word to your life? Hallelujah. Mark 10, 43 and 45. See, everybody chases after status. Everybody chases after being the greatest one. Everyone chases after being successful, wanting to get ahead. And, and what causes anxiety is, well, if I try this thing or I try that thing, it, I hope it works out. And if it doesn't work out, then I get anxious. I want to deliver you from that anxiety today. How do you get delivered from that anxiety? You get delivered from that anxiety by living a life of service. You're not living to be the greatest. You're living to serve the most. When you make a decision to say, you know what? Let's go to Mark. Mark chapter 10. 43 to 45. What it says is, it says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be, who wants to be first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to, to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus was our example. He came to serve. He came to live his life in such a way, not to be served, but to serve. So if you want to be great in God's kingdom and you want to be used mightily in God's kingdom and you want to be prepared for your appointment that you can't reschedule, you got to be committed to serving with the right motive, which leads to my point number two. God does not give you position for personal gain, but he gives you a position for the good of all. You don't get your position like when you get promoted and, you know, God, you know, we, we talk about promotion doesn't come from the east, the west, the north, or the south. Promotion comes from the Lord. You got to ask yourself the question, what is the purpose of the promotion? The purpose of the promotion isn't just so your bank account can be full. Isn't so that you can get um, so you so you could be seen. The purpose of the promotion is now you have a, a, you have a greater opportunity to serve more people. Hallelujah. You have a greater it, it, you're in a greater position to affect more people. You know, sometimes when people get a position, it goes to their head and you're like, man, wow, how, how did they change? And they changed because they allowed the position to change their head, change their heart. Status has responsibility. You always see it, especially now during this season where, where we're going through unemployment, and some people are concerned about their jobs, concerned about if their company is going to be downsizing, concerned if, if they're going to be on the hit list or not. Let me tell you something right now. It, how, you, how you control your job security is by your work ethic. And some of you will get fired. And the reason why you're going to get fired is because of the seeds you sowed. Coming late, taking sick days when you shouldn't be taking sick days, only giving a mediocre effort. And that's a talk for another day. But the reality is, is that you have many people who play office politics and you see them, the brown nosers and the smoozers. And, and the motive behind all of it is to try to jockey for position. Not so in the kingdom of God. We understand. We guard our heart against wrong motives. I'm trying to help you in this season so you don't get, so you are prepared 
in terms of how you live your life and how you use your time so that when you pray and when you decree and when you declare, things actually come to pass. You have authority even in a dead situation. But see, the reason why some of our prayers go unanswered is because our motives are wrong. Every position has value. Every position has value. So we have to respect, it's not just the visible positions that have value, but the invisible positions have value as well. Case in point, this cell phone, right? This cell phone, I use this phone to make phone calls. What we see is the outer case, but on the inside of this cell phone are circuits, are, is a motherboard, is all kind, if I broke one of those motherboards or one of those motherboards um, was not in position, my cell phone wouldn't work. So I want you to understand that just because you have a visible position doesn't mean that you're more important than the person who has an invisible position. Don't let the status or the position get to your head. Understand that you have that position because God wants to use you in that position. Just because it is a good thing doesn't mean that it's a God thing for you. The key to obedience is understanding your position in relationship to everything else. Frustration happens when we try to fulfill a position that we were not designed to occupy. Oh God in heaven, this is why your, 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 your seeking of the kingdom of God is so important because many people gamble with their life. Many people spend a lot of time trying it like a crap shoot, trying to figure out, let me try this, let me try that. Let me, you ain't got time to be trying stuff. You got to focus your effort, your time and energy on seeking first the kingdom. And as you seek first the kingdom and you love God with all of your heart, mind, body, soul and strength and you make a decision to serve your neighbor the best way you know how, you will discover your purpose. You will discover your why. You'll discover why God created you so that you can be about your father's business so you can then pour your life out as a drink offering. To almost obey is still disobedience. Obedience, according to Monroe, is doing the right thing at the right time in the right place. Violation of position is what causes a whole lot of problems. Whole lot of problems happens when people violate position. It's, it's like when, when you have a sports team and you got a football team and you got the quarterback, you got the wide receiver, you got the running back, you got the defensive back, you got the defensive end, you got the offensive line. It's like a lineman saying, you know what? I don't want to play the line anymore. I want to be a wide receiver. <laughs> and that lineman just running down, running down the field. See, when we get out of position, it messes up the whole team. And right now, God has greatness on the inside of you. And I want you to understand and know that God has called you for such a time as this, especially during this critical season that we're in right now. People are dying, losing their lives. People are getting sick. People are getting hurt. Life is unpredictable. Please don't squander your time. Don't squander your time. If you're a young person, I encourage you, if you're 12, 13, 14, right up into your teens, into your 20s, get into your word. The best life that you could ever live is a life that's submitted to God. I know there's a whole lot of things out there that's crying for your attention, but I'm telling you right now, just as I got my appointment, you got your appointment too. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 God expects for all of us 
to live a life that is pleasing in his sight. He expects for all of us to live a life on purpose. He expects for all of us to live a life of sincerity before him. He expects for all of us to live a life of worship. As I close today, life is too valuable to waste time, to waste the time pursuing status. Life is too valuable to waste time pursuing status. Life is meant to pursue the kingdom. And as you pursue, as you pursue the kingdom, God will begin to reveal to you who he created you to be. At this time, I'd like to lead you in, in a prayer. If you're watching this for the first time or, or you're, you're new to this whole thing called Christianity and church and all this other stuff, I want to invite you to a, a, um, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the difference maker. Jesus Christ is the one who can make the difference in your life. No longer living life as a crapshoot, but knowing exactly clearly who you are, why you're here, so you're not pulled about by different people in different places. You're very secure and sure, not getting involved in things that are good, but it wasn't for you. There are many of us out there who are involved in a whole lot of good things, but it's not God's business. It's not God's thing for you. You got to be more selective and discerning of your time. If that's you and you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or you want to rededicate, repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm sorry, Lord, for the wrong that I've done. I believe that you died and on the third day you rose again. From this day forward, with your help, I'm going to live for you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for listening to our program today. For more information about the ministry, please log on to our website, breadoflifeiwc.org, or call us at 401-649-8825. Until next time, remember that Jesus is the bread of life. Hello, and welcome to the Bread of Life with Pastor Rudy Mosley Jr., Senior Pastor of Bread of Life International Worship Center where souls are saved, hearts are healed, and people are made whole. And now, here's Pastor Mosley. The supernatural principle here, that when God gives a word to your dead situation, life is breathed into it. When God gives a word about your dead circumstance, his word brings life to anything that's dead. God's word, Jesus's word, brings life to any situation. Hallelujah. Circumstances that I can't control, his word will bring life to it. He has come to invade. Heaven has come to invade earth. Hallelujah. With life and life more abundantly. The dead man came out with his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. 
take off the grave clothes. Glory to God and let him go. Take off the grave clothes. Take them off and let him go. This was a situation that was impossible. And what this account represents is that Jesus is God of the possible and the impossible. Glory to God. I want you to believe him today. Hallelujah. Believe that he's able to do it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus resurrects dead things. Death can't stop God's will. See, when Jesus said in verse 4, this sickness will not end in death. You got to understand something. What is the definition of death? Death has two definitions. Separation from the body or separation from God. Death is inevitable. Everybody's going to die. But I love Jesus. Hallelujah. Because what he says is this sickness will not end in death. Death does not. Death is not the final experience. When purpose is fulfilled, death is actually welcomed. Glory to God. I don't want you to miss what I'm getting ready to share for the next few moments. Because what it's going to get to right now is about, because the one thing that many of us fear, we fear, we fear death. We fear the death of a job. We fear the death of, of a family member. We fear the death of, of our kids. We fear the death of, um, you know, a business. We fear the death of a ministry. And what God wants you to know this morning is that be anxious for nothing, not even death. How do I get to the place where I'm not anxious because of something that has the potential to die. How do I get to the place mentally? I want to tell you now, glory to God. When purpose is fulfilled, death is welcomed. Jesus, God's not interested in length of life. He's interested in a life that's lived on purpose. So Jesus, he said, I lay my life down willingly. No one takes it from me. I willingly lay it down. For this purpose was I born. Paul, I fought the good fight. I've ran my race. I've finished my course. I've poured my life out as a drink offering. There is therefore now laid up for me a crown of life. I am ready to die. Hallelujah. Ready to die. Why? Because I know who I lived for. I know why I lived. This sickness will not end in death. And some of you have loved ones that, that might be sick right now. The, the thing that's more important than anything else in this moment, glory to God, is for them to put their faith, hope, and trust in Jesus. Because either he's going to heal them on this side or he's going to heal them on the other side. This sickness doesn't end in death. Glory to God. Hallelujah! That's why he says be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. What we should be focused on more than anything else more than anything else, is seeking first the kingdom and its righteousness, knowing that all these things will be given to us as well. Even though Jesus performed this miracle for Lazarus, Mary still had to live on purpose. Martha had to still live on purpose. Lazarus had to still live on purpose. They still had to discover their destiny for their lives and live for God. Hallelujah. Glory be to his name. We must live to complete our purpose and live to leave a legacy. I'm going to give you some points right now in terms of how was Jesus able 
When, when, when Martha said, I know you could ask for anything and it'll be given to you. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. You could ask for anything and it'll be given to you. How was, how was Jesus able to walk in that level of power and level of authority? Because with submission comes authority. When you're submitted to authority, you then have power with that authority. And Jesus was submitted to his father. Therefore, he could have whatever he asked for in this earth. It is important for you to hear what I'm going to say for the next few moments. If you haven't shared this on your page, you need to share it on your page. If you haven't um, sent it to somebody, um, sent it in messenger, you need to send it to them. You need to start a watch party on your page as well. So people could hear and understand, especially during the season that we're living in, the season of COVID-19. It's not to live in fear, it's to live in faith. It's to know exactly what should I be focusing my attention on during this season. Death is inevitable, but how do I get prepared for it? How do I live a life in such a way that I don't fear dying? How, how you live your life in such a way that you don't fear dying is that you live your life on purpose. How do you discover purpose? How do you apply this word to your life? Hallelujah. Mark 10, 43 and 45. See, everybody chases after status. Everybody chases after being the greatest one. Everyone chases after being successful, wanting to get ahead. And, and what causes anxiety is, well, if I try this thing or I try that thing, it, I hope it works out. And if it doesn't work out, then I get anxious. I want to deliver you from that anxiety today. How do you get delivered from that anxiety? You get delivered from that anxiety by living a life of service. You're not living to be the greatest. You're living to serve the most. When you make a decision to say, you know what? Let's go to Mark. Mark chapter 10, 43 to 45. What it says is, it says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be, who wants to be first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to, to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus was our example. He came to serve. He came to live his life in such a way, not to be served, but to serve. So if you want to be great in God's kingdom, and you want to be used mightily in God's kingdom, and you want to be prepared for your appointment that you can't reschedule, you got to be committed to serving with the right motive, which leads to my point number two. God does not give you position for personal gain, but he gives you a position for the good of all. You don't get your position, like when you get promoted and, you know, God, you know, we, we talk about promotion doesn't come from the east, the west, the north, or the south. Promotion comes from the Lord. You got to ask yourself the question, what is the purpose of the promotion? The purpose of the promotion isn't just so your bank account can be full, isn't so that you can get, um, so, you, so you could be seen. The purpose of the promotion is now you have, a, a, you have a greater opportunity to serve more people. Hallelujah. You have a greater, it, it, you're in a greater position to affect more people. You know, sometimes when people get a position, it goes to their head and you're like, man, wow, how, how did they change? And they changed because they allowed the position to change their head, change their heart. Status has responsibility. You always see it, especially now during this season where 
where we're going through unemployment and some people are concerned about their jobs, concerned about if their company is going to be downsizing, concerned if, if they're going to be on the hit list or not. Let me tell you something right now. It, how, you, how you control your job security is by your work ethic. And some of you will get fired. And the reason why you're going to get fired is because of the seeds you sowed. Coming late, taking sick days when you shouldn't be taking sick days, only giving a mediocre effort. And that's a talk for another day. But the reality is, is that you have many people who play office politics. And you see them, the brown nosers and the smoozers. And, and the motive behind all of it is to try to jockey for position. Not so in the kingdom of God. We understand. We guard our heart against wrong motives. I'm trying to help you in this season so you don't get, so you are prepared in terms of how you live your life and how you use your time so that when you pray and when you decree and when you declare, things actually come to pass. You have authority even in a dead situation. But see, the reason why some of our prayers go unanswered is because our motives are wrong. Every position has value. Every position has value. So we have to respect, it's not just the visible positions that have value, but the invisible positions have value as well. Case in point, this cell phone, right? This cell phone, I use this phone to make phone calls. What we see is the outer case. But on the inside of this cell phone are circuits, are, is a motherboard, is all kind, if I broke one of those motherboards or one of those motherboards um, was not in position, my cell phone wouldn't work. So I want you to understand that just because you have a visible position doesn't mean that you're more important than the person who has an invisible position. Don't let the status or the position get to your head. Understand that you have that position because God wants to use you in that position. Just because it is a good thing doesn't mean that it's a God thing for you. The key to obedience is understanding your position in relationship to everything else. Frustration happens when we try to fulfill a position that we were not designed to occupy. Oh God in heaven, this is why your, 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 your seeking of the kingdom of God is so important because many people gamble with their life. Many people spend a lot of time trying it like a crap shoot, trying to figure out, let me try this, let me try that. Let me, you ain't got time to be trying stuff. You got to focus your effort, your time and energy on seeking first the kingdom. And as you seek first the kingdom and you love God with all of your heart, mind, body, soul and strength and you make a decision to serve your neighbor the best way you know how, you will discover your purpose. You will discover your why. You'll discover why God created you so that you can be about your father's business so you can then pour your life out as a drink offering. To almost obey is still disobedience. Obedience, according to Monroe, is doing the right thing at the right time in the right place. Violation of position is what causes a whole lot of problems. Whole lot of problems happens when people violate position. It's, it's like when, when you have a sports team and you got a football team and you got the quarterback, you got the wide receiver, you got the running back, you got the defensive back, you got the defensive end, you got the offensive line. It's like a lineman saying, you know what? I don't want to play the line anymore. I want to be a wide receiver. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our program today. 
For more information about the ministry, please log on to our website, breadoflifeiwc.org, or call us at 401-649-8825. Until next time, remember that Jesus is the bread of life. Hello, and welcome to the Bread of Life with Pastor Rudy Mosley Jr., Senior Pastor of Bread of Life International Worship Center, where souls are saved, hearts are healed, and people are made whole. And now, here's Pastor Mosley. Glory be to his name. He's calm. He's shalom. He's peace in the midst of any storm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lazarus died. Jesus said, let's go wake him up. Hallelujah. That's a word for you right now. Your situation might look dead, but when you have an encounter with Jesus, when he shows up, he can resurrect any dead thing. He is the resurrection and the life. Glory to God. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus was already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Mary and Martha to comfort them for the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now. God will give you whatever you ask. Hallelujah. How, how, did, how did Martha come to that conclusion? She came to that conclusion because she knew the power that Jesus walked in. She knew that Jesus walked in a level of authority that he could ask for anything. He had authority over every circumstance. It didn't matter how, how bad or bleak the circumstance looked. Jesus was still able to turn it around. I want you to type in the comment section. Jesus can turn it around. Jesus can turn it around. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Hallelujah. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Glory to God. I want you to know this morning that if you are a citizen of the kingdom of God, meaning that you've given your heart to Jesus and you put your faith, hope and trust in Jesus, you are a part of a group of people where God can move in your circumstances. Glory to God. God can turn your circumstances around. That's the power of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God isn't about um, uh, eloquency of speech. It's about a demonstration of the spirit's power. Glory to God. God's power. God's spirit has power. What I'd like for you to do right now is type in the comment section. I didn't do this at the beginning. Where are you from? What country are you from? What country do you represent? Please type it in the comment section right now so we can see all the countries and cities that are represented in this broadcast. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. 
You know, when I think about this text, Jesus could have sent word and healed Lazarus. He did that with the centurion servant. The centurion servant came to him and said, you don't even need to come to my house, just send the word and I know my servant will be healed. But, but, but Jesus, glory to God, hallelujah, was obedient to the leading of the spirit. Don't miss this, don't miss this. Hallelujah. He was a man under authority. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so he, he moved as the Spirit of God moved him. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up and quickly went to him. Now Jesus had not entered the village, but was still at the place where Mary had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they were supposing that she had gone to the tomb to mourn. She was crying bitterly, y'all. She lost her brother. She was crying, crying because I sent word to Jesus and my brother still died. I sent word to Jesus and it seemed like he took a little too long to move. I sent word to Jesus and it seems like the situation didn't get better, but it got worse. I sent word to Jesus even after I've given my sacrifice. I sent word to Jesus and I'm not quite sure what God is up to. I sent word to Jesus. Hallelujah. And she went. She left. She got up quick. They thought that she went to the tomb to go cry, to go weep because of her circumstance, because of her situation. Glory to God. Hallelujah. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet. And she saw crying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you were here. Lord. If you had shown up, I probably wouldn't go through this trial. Lord, if you, if you had been here, if you had said the word, I probably wouldn't have had to have that surgery. Lord, if you had been here, my mother might not have died. My father might not have died. Lord, if you had been here, my brother might not have died. My baby might not have died. Lord, if you had been here, Lord, Lord, Lord. She cried out to God. Jesus saw her weeping. And Jews had come alongside her to weep as well. Deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Deeply troubled and moved in spirit. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who have opened up the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? In the midst of the situation, you still got critics. You still got people talking about what you could have, should have, and would have done. But I thank the Lord in this circumstance. I thank Jesus, hallelujah. I thank God, hallelujah. Because what this, what this story, this account shows us, is that God moves when he wants to move. God is not moved by my emergency. God moves when he wants to move. 
And I'm okay with that because when he shows up, he always shows up right on time. It doesn't matter how bad the situation might look. It doesn't even matter the situation could be dead. He has authority over death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he has been dead for four days. I don't want you to miss this point right here. When Jesus gives you an instruction, you need to obey the instruction. When Jesus gives you an instruction in the middle of your crisis, you need to obey the instruction. She was about to miss her blessing because she was thinking with her own understanding. God gives instructions that are beyond our understanding. His ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. This is why it's so important for you to be so connected and in communion with the Holy Spirit so that you don't miss your moment. You don't miss your blessing. You don't miss your miracle. See, you're in a critical situation. You're in a season of crisis. And in this season, you have to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Ghost. This is where you hear a still small voice saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. You're talking about survival or you're talking about death right now. Glory to God. And he asked the question, glory to God. He said, do you believe? He said to his disciples, I'm glad y'all wasn't there. I'm glad you wasn't there so that you all would believe. Believe that I am the resurrection and the life. Was a situation, this situation, as far as Martha was concerned, she was like, you know, I guess I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna cry myself to sleep at night. But Jesus said, I got some other plans for you. I want you to know that when God gives an instruction, get your butt out of the way. Hallelujah. But Lord, then Jesus said, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? I want you to type in the comment section, I believe. I want you to type in that comment section, no matter what country you're in, no matter what language you speak, no matter the color of your skin, I want you to know that God has a miracle with your name on it. God has a miracle for you. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ask or ever think. All God is looking for is, can I find faith in the earth? Can I find somebody who will believe me for something impossible today? Hallelujah. So they took the stone away. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said this, Jesus called with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! I want you to understand the supernatural principle here. That when God gives a word to your dead situation, life is breathed into it. When God gives a word about your dead circumstance, his word brings life to anything that's dead. God's word, Jesus' word, brings life to any situation. Hallelujah.
circumstances that I can't control. His word will bring life to it. He has come to invade. Heaven has come to invade earth. Hallelujah. With life and life more abundantly. The dead man came out with his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Take off the grave clothes. Glory to God. And let him go. Take off the grave clothes. Take them off and let him go. This was a situation that was impossible. And what this account represents is that Jesus is God of the possible and the impossible. Glory to God. I want you to believe him today. Hallelujah. Believe that he's able to do it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus resurrects dead things. Death can't stop God's will. See, when Jesus said in verse 4, this sickness will not end in death. You got to understand something. What is the definition of death? Death has two definitions. Separation from the body or separation from God. Death is inevitable. Everybody's going to die. But I love Jesus. Hallelujah. Because what he says is this sickness will not end in death. Death does not. Death is not the final experience. Thank you for listening to our program today. For more information about the ministry, please log on to our website, breadoflifeiwc.org, or call us at 401-649-8825. Until next time, remember that Jesus is the bread of life. Hello, and welcome to the Bread of Life with Pastor Rudy Mosley Jr., Senior Pastor of Bread of Life International Worship Center, where souls are saved, hearts are healed, and people are made whole. And now, here's Pastor Mosley. God bless you. I'm Pastor Rudy Mosley, Senior Pastor of Bread of Life International Worship Center located in East Providence, Rhode Island, and I'm extremely excited about this opportunity to come and share some words with you, and I pray that it'll be a blessing to your life. I pray that it'll be transformative. I pray that it'll bring revelation. I pray that it'll bring guidance. I pray that it'll bring some solutions to some of the problems that you're facing. If you could take some time just to repeat after me, I'm blessed. I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation. I've been redeemed. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm as bold as a lion. I have the abundant life. I will bear spiritual fruit. I have authority. I have access to the throne. I have the ability to overcome any kind of temptation. I have the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I can walk in victory. I can understand the word. I can pray with confidence. I can walk as a faithful steward. I will witness with power, and I have fellowship with God. If you believe that today, hallelujah, just give God praise right where you are. 
begin to give him praise, begin to give him glory, begin to honor him with the fruit of your lips, begin to hallelujah, give him the glory and the praise and the honor that he deserves. There are many of us that are going through many test trials and storms in this season. And what God is looking for from you right now is, can I find a praiser? Can I find someone who will lift my name up? Can I find someone who will give me glory in the midst of the trial? Can I find somebody who will celebrate and reflect on all the things that I've done in their life? Can I find somebody? Can I find one person who will be able to say, God, I thank you. God, I'll give you glory. God, I'll give you honor in the midst of what I'm going through. I'm still going to bless and praise the Lord. Why? Because you deserve it. Why? Because you never change. Why? Because you always come through. Why? Because you always transform and change circumstances and situations. So if you're watching by whatever medium you're watching on right now, just go to giving him praise. Go to giving him glory. Go to giving him, giving him honor because God deserves the praise. He deserves the glory. He deserves the honor. He says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of despair. So when you're going through, that's the time to turn your praise meter up. When you're going through, that's the time to turn your worship level up. When you're going through, that's the time to turn your adoration up. When you're going through, that's the time to turn your exaltation. You start shouting unto God with the voice of triumph. I know we're not meeting physically. I know some of us may not, may not have met physically for a while, but that doesn't stop the Holy Ghost from touching you right where you are. He inhabits the praises of his people. The scripture says, hallelujah, when we begin to praise and magnify God, God sits in the worship. And when God sits in the worship, he comes to change and transform your life. Hallelujah. Give him praise, give him praise, give him praise, give him praise. Do the emoji symbol, do the applause symbol, do the like, do the heart, whatever you could find to do in the midst of what we're experiencing in this season. Give him praise right now. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Father, we exalt you. Hallelujah. I come against anxiety right now. I know there are a lot of people who are anxious, but the Lord says be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make our requests made known unto God. Instead of being anxious, pray. Instead of being worried, worship. Instead of being full of fear, be filled with faith. Instead of confessing and murmuring and, and complaining, Call those things that be not as though they are. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I pray for you right now. I come against the spirit of anxiety. I come against the spirit of fear. I come against the spirit of worry. And I know there are many of you right now who are worried and concerned. You know, when I look at some of the stats right now that we're experiencing in this season due to COVID-19, 19.3 million confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the United States. And it's... 719 I'm going to start those stats again. <laughs> it's 19 19.3 uh, million cases in the world. 719,000 people have died in the world. There's 5 0.9 million confirmed cases in the United States. 163 people have died in the USA. In Rhode Island, 19,738 confirmed cases and 1,014 people have died. When we talk about unemployment, according to CNBC, actually before I get to unemployment, in terms of the COVID-19 victims, 23% of the deaths in the United States have been African-Americans. 
and African Americans represent 12% of the population. When we talk about unemployment, unemployment right now is at 10, 10%, give or, give or take a few point percent, points of a percent. When we talk about people though, it doesn't sound too bad when you say 10%, but that represents 21 million people who are currently unemployed in the United States. This country, which is one of the greatest countries in the earth, is currently struggling as we press through this COVID season. I recognize and understand if you're not affected, that you got some family members that are affected, you got some loved ones that, have, that are affecting you, or your world has been affected. Everyone has been affected by this pandemic. But what I, my prayer is for you this morning is for you to understand that God is still on the throne. God is not shook by what's going on with COVID-19. God is not anxious. God is not caught off guard. Hallelujah. In times like these, the question then is, how do you respond? How do you respond in times of crisis? Life can be so unpredictable. You can be going in one direction and you get hit with a curveball. But the one thing that we do know, the one thing that gives us um, a firm foundation or a level of security is the truth of the matter that God is in control. In our text today, and this is the final message in our Who Am I series, glory to God. The greatest discovery in life is to discover who God meant for you to be. That is one of the greatest discoveries that in the midst of trials, tests, and storms, those are the greatest times where God actually uses those things to teach us about ourselves. So our text today, we're going to be looking at John chapter 11, and we're going to start in verse 1. And it's a familiar passage of scripture. And as I go through this text, what my prayer is, is that you'll be able to see some nuggets of truth that'll encourage you during your crisis. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister, Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. These folks were in a crisis. They were in a crisis that they could not control. A crisis that they did not create. A crisis that they could not change. And and their, their decision or their action was, to send word to Jesus, to send a word, Jesus, the one you love is sick. This Mary was the one who sowed an incredible seed. The seed that she sowed was a year's wages. She broke an alabaster jar of ointment upon the Lord and the fragrance filled the room. And there were many people who laughed and were indignant. And they said, what kind of waste is this? Some of this could have been given to the poor. But Jesus said, no, this is a significant moment. And what her sacrifice is significant, and it will never be forgotten. This was the Mary. Her brother was sick. And she sent word to Jesus. Can you please come? Can you please come? Ooh, my loved one is sick. And there's some of us who have loved ones and we've been praying and we've been saying, Jesus, 
my loved one is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, don't miss this. Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. Woo, that's a powerful, powerful declaration. Now it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. There's some of us right now, there's some of you right now that is going through a trial and the deliverance hasn't shown up yet because God wants to get more glory. The deliverance hasn't shown up yet because God wants to get all the glory. The deliverance hasn't shown up. I want you to understand that even though you may be going through a very difficult season, you have to understand that God, hallelujah, has heard your prayer. This preacher right here is telling you right through this, this television set or through your cell phone or through your computer that God has heard your prayer. Hallelujah. He's heard your cry. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's heard your cry. And just because he hasn't shown up as fast as you want him to show up doesn't mean that he's not going to show up. Doesn't mean that he hasn't heard it and has a plan. God has a plan. The plans that he has for you are to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future and an expected end. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea now. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you and you're going back there. Jesus answered, honor the 12 hours in the day. Anyone who walks in the daytime won't stumble. Glory to God. For they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks in night that they stumble. For they have no light. After he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will be better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad. As I was not there so that you may believe but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us go that we may die with him. I want you to understand something from this text, what we've read thus, thus far. These are the critical takeaways. Lazarus was sick. His sister sent word to Jesus. Jesus made a declaration that this sickness will not end in death. Jesus stayed an extra two days in a place that was only two miles away. Intentionally. So that God, hallelujah, whoo, would get the glory. Glory to God. I want you to know right now that God is getting ready to turn your situation around. God is getting ready to turn your situation around in a way that you would not expect. God is getting ready to turn your situation around in such a way that you could not even comprehend. He says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the mind of man the thing that God has in store for them that love him. I want you to know right now that God has your situation and your circumstance under control. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
Glory be to his name. He's calm. He's shalom. He's peace in the midst of any storm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lazarus. Thank you for listening to our program today. For more information about the ministry, please log on to our website, breadoflifeiwc.org, or call us at 401-649-8825. Until next time, remember that Jesus is the bread of life.